This is Top Landing Gear. Welcome to Top Landing Gear, Series 3, or Season 3 as they tend to say these days. Now this series is based around our hugely enjoyable trip to Lincolnshire, Bomber County, last autumn, where we visited the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight and Operational Typhoon Squadrons at RAF Coningsby, and took the Dambusters tour at RAF Scampton, went gliding, flew microlights, and had a memorable night in the squadron bar at the Petwood Hotel, which at one time had been the mess for 617 Squadron, the Dambusters. And we're going to open with a podcast all about the Lancaster, which celebrates its 80th anniversary this year. And one Lancaster in particular, Just Jane, which is being restored to flight at the Lincolnshire Aviation Heritage Centre at East Kirkby. And our special guest is the man behind this ambitious project, Andrew Panton. But before any of that, let's just remind you who we are, because it's been quite a while since we could be bothered to record one of these car crashes. (laughs) (laughs) There are, there are four of us, led by a, a bit of a Guy Gibson lookalike, I think. Well, Thank you very much. Yeah. Who are we yes, talking about? Yeah. No, we are, we are talking about the pop superstar, frontman with Scouting for Girls, and progressing very nicely with his Microlite licence. It's Roy Stride. Hello. Love so to talk to you about the Microlite. Yeah. Well, I was supposed to be and flying today, but the uh, wind uh, put pay to that. I am just about to go into the circuit, oh. uh, so I'll be landing on my own... God. What, solo? <laughs> not solo, not yet. But that, that I think that will be within a month, mm-hmm. the way we're going, probably. This could be on the last podcast <laughs> with all four of us. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to edit? That'd be funny. <laughs> if I go, yeah, nobody right. else next time. <laughs> we we no, were really going record this on yeah. tape. Yeah, it's <laughs> not going to work, is we're it? Just sending them well, out. just be careful, Roy. Yeah. Goodness sake. Um, and as well as Roy, yet to qualify, we do have a fully qualified professional pilot. I can't help laughing when I say that because he has pranked almost everything he's been at the controls of. That is a lie. That's a lie. Well, two or three things. Two or three things. <laughs> uh, on one occasion, you didn't even leave the ground, although you were trying to. We did leave the ground momentarily. <laughs> it is James Cartner. Hi. And we're very proud of James and all his genes. <laughs> now, on a slightly serious note, last month we lost the Duke of Edinburgh, his passing marked with a fittingly impressive and moving funeral. However, during it, I was constantly bombarded by text from my brother asking if we'd noticed the exceptional quality of the fencing in Windsor Great Park, which he, of course, as fencer to the Crown Estate, had done himself. I have to say I hadn't noticed. But well, I'll, um, I'll rewind the uh, recording and send it to you. Well, that'd be very kind. The, Thank you. With the timestamp on it. Okay, well, here he is, our queen of fences, Jez Curling. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back. And finally, with little claim to anything other than being Jez's brother and the host of this podcast, it's me, uh, Rob Curling. I must say, I was a little disappointed. I th- expected to see your name amongst those nominated for BAFTAs for your appearance in The Crown. I mean, <laughs> at least two or three others of, of your compatriots got them. Where were did, you? Did they? Maybe next year. <laughs> it could Maybe. be next year. Never. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks. No, mate, I'm hoping fine. you're going to reprise your role mm. for series five. Uh, season five. Oh, season five. <laughs> yeah. 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 Get with it. Oh, we've all so got a bit of Netflix, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> we have, yeah. <laughs> um, now, listen, we've got all our usual features coming up um, later on with uh, Andrew Panton, of course, uh, his interview uh, about J- Just Jane's restoration. We'll have Jez's quick facts, which may be neither quick nor factual. Mm-hmm. Uh, all about the Lancaster, and of course the highlight of every Top Landing Gear podcast, <laughs> which is the quiz, which, uh, like wartime Lancaster's bombs every time it hits <laughs> Now, uh, just let's catch up what we've all been up to. Roy flying sounds exciting, but I think quite a lot of work with the band too. Yeah, uh, we released an album last week, uh, or recently, by the time this gets out, <laughs> and uh, which has done very well, uh, which you can do it, and we are touring in October and November, so I've been doing hundred. I feel like, oh God, I just feel like I did a, a week's worth of interviews where people asked me about the music. Uh, so it's quite nice to talk about flying. 
which, okay. I, which I'm enjoying. The, the mic writing is so good. To I was the first day we were allowed. I had a lesson that mm, that amazing. morning. I was Brilliant. up. You did the loop. The loop. I did a in loop. A the loop. Not in a microlight. No, you can't do that. You can't do a bang angle of more than sixty degrees in oh, the C forty two. But hey? you. Uh, He's learned the books. My <laughs> wonderful flying club, which is Sport Air, based down in Goodwood, yeah. have uh, an eagle which I got taken out of. It looks in. a bit like a pit special, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yes, yeah, it's a biplane with but a full cover. It's it's lethal. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I got taken out by Jack, who's my instructor. Who's was it also, taken out? Taken out. <laughs> he's also an aerobatic instructor. And where, when you take off in the C-42, it's a very, very gentle, <laughs> gentle takeoff, which takes a long time and mm. it's all very lovely. Jack took us off, and I think we were up at about 3,000 foot within a couple of minutes. It literally just went vertical. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to, I, like, I, I didn't really want to admit this, but I did have to say, Jack, can we go home now? He <laughs> <laughs> was on the fourth loop. Like, yeah. So the fourth, like we'd done lots of stuff, and then I did the loop, and... I, I hadn't I was wasn't feeling great no that morning anyway oh. and uh yeah so blame uh, the food poisoning always blame the yeah, food poisoning it was definitely the food <laughs> were you poisoning. actually sick no no I wasn't no. sick oh I, they'd have been they'd have been very cross with me if I was sick <laughs> uh I had just, you had you eaten voine because that's one lesson I learnt early on had, is that you must eat I had as eaten, greasy a meal as you can before you go for I hadn't eaten anything because uh, I'd actually almost forgotten it. that School I had... Schoolboy, Reg. I had, like, a lesson, <laughs> and so I was, like, racing to my lesson. And I was so happy with the lesson. I, like, absolutely aced the lesson. Like, it's like, yeah, we're going to go into the circuit next. And then Richard, who runs the flying club, ex-747 pilot, uh, and it's an amazing... It's an amazing club. They've got some brilliant players, like the, the Piper, which I keep sending mm-hmm. you pictures of. Yeah, We're going to feature them. They've got mm-hmm. some beautiful planes. And Richard was like... Roy, why didn't you take up the why didn't you take up the eagle? And I was like, okay, you know, because after lockdown, I just say yes to everything. Mm, yeah, that's, that's take opportunity. So, but <laughs> I would have had some tweet. <laughs> I was going to do that. So I am really looking <laughs> forward classic. to going back and doing it again because it is because yeah. it, it was it was amazing to fly another plane. Yeah. I've only flown yeah. the C forty two. Did it feel totally different? As real power in those things, oh. and they're quite twitchy, aren't they? Yeah, it, it, I mean the response to the yeah. in roll particularly is, is just ridiculous. Yeah, when you we you know we did the four point roll, so mm. it was called yes. like yeah. that, and yeah, it's it's so much fun. But uh, it it felt amazing to be able to do it. But mm. I I thought well actually when. <laughs> I'm not sure I might have to edit this bit out. But uh, I was in the front seat. He was in the back seat. And I just thought, if he passed out or something, mm. I, I said, Jack, what speed do I need to come in at mm-hmm. to land it? Oh. And he said, if you look at the dial, because mm. all the dials are in the front. Mm. There's none in the back mm-hmm. where the main part is. If you look at the dial, there's a big Sharpie marker pen <laughs> marked <laughs> at the speed you have to come in. He goes, See, That's why there's all those lines at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think it would be the the greatest landing in the world, but I felt kind of confident mm. that that's so cool. Mate. Think, yeah. when, no, the oh, God, no, landed. no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No. but uh, I kind of thought if the worst came to the worst, you could get it down. I, See, that, 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 I think that's that's actually a, quite a big step in in your aviation career. Is it? Is it. that if you think if he pegs it in the back yeah. now and in the other seat now, could I bring this down to something that would? Yeah, would have not approximate die. a landing <laughs> tail yeah, that, that yeah, maybe we could walk away from. Yeah, and, and I think it's an amazing feel because you do suddenly feel actually if the worst totally, came to worst, yeah. I could do this, and that is your route to solo then because you're you're there. Now, yeah, because that much. and, and yeah. it, that happened to me in the last two weeks. Yeah, you suddenly everything, oh, because <laughs> a lot of time when you're learning, you're just like. Can you go up to two thousand foot? Oh, can you now go down to one thousand yeah. foot? You're like, oh god, this is like, mm. like no, I'm not everything is boring, but I'm yeah. thinking, what is the point of just yeah. going up yeah. and down and doing? <laughs> can you just go stay on a straight line? And then suddenly, it, like, I had this moment where everything made sense to me yeah. Yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Mm. So, yeah, that's it. That must be great. It is that it's, click. You mm. suddenly it all makes it all makes sense. Yeah. So you're doing pedals as well. Yeah. So you're doing everything. You're not right. just. Yeah. It's got an engine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 There's no answer to that, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, 
yeah, I'm loving it. So. Um, it's just brilliant. on that on that dial thing with yeah. the mark. Amanda Harrison, who I interviewed, who who did, who started yeah. to retrace Amy Johnson's fight in the Tiger Moth. She told me something which I'd never realised. Looking in the cockpits of lots of sort of older aircraft, mm. I always think people have put the dials in very I carelessly know. at a funny angle. So you know what I'm going to say, don't you? They're all in the, they're all lined up when they, when it's in the green, basically. Yes. Yeah. So all the needles are pointing in the same direction when everything's where it should be. Yes. So so if it were clock, for example, right. the twelve wouldn't necessarily be, be at the top. It could be over in the ten o'clock position. But when oh. the needles where it should be. All the needles on so all. So it's easy to exactly. pick out something that's wrong. You can pick out something that's wrong very quickly. Ah, that's, that's a great. Yeah. That's a great. Good interview. spot. Yeah, that was Thank probably you. one of my favourite interviews on the. Uh, yeah. On the series first, one. It was series one. Yeah, yeah. 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 that was well back in October out. 2019. Yeah. I did that interview. Oh. Well, she's yeah. incredible, Amanda. Yeah. And I'm still in touch with her and Any still news hoping. Going again? Yeah. Not yet, and it's obviously because of lockdown. It's been incredibly difficult. I think I think the aircraft, the Tiger, was having quite a bit of a repair job done we'll, we'll have to catch up with her again properly and uh, see what her plans are but, I think basically so, we can go around all our guests again yeah <laughs> just, it just it, there's great, enough material it? without having to do anything new yeah yeah and Jim what about you has there been much flying in the airline business the airline business has been quiet um, I think I've flown on average about once a month um, since December and it has been mostly freight uh, one leg was passengers um, but yes, nearly all freight. This is, um, and this is long haul. Long haul freight. So taking aircraft, either taking stuff, exporting it or bringing back things like PPE or food or anything from, from around the world. Any stuff going out to India? I know a lot of stuff is going to India. Uh, it, yeah, well, we it? are. I think all airlines um, are taking stuff, uh, we're taking ventilators and, yeah. um, and uh, medical supplies out to India. So hopefully that'll help. But, uh, so so to keep to you do. current... Uh, yeah. Are you still doing lots of sims? Uh, so we have to do a sim. The, the, the rules are that we have to um, fly three uh, takeoffs and landings within 90 days and one within 35 days. So if your normal flying doesn't uh, give you that, then you have to go to the simulator. Okay. And uh, about every two months, I think most people are going to the simulator just to, to keep their currency up. Yeah. How, how long will that last on a simulator before... Is that going to be fine, or is is it going to get to a point where people are like? No, I mean well, the simulator. I mean the simulators these days are considered so so realistic yeah. that you could basically keep your license up in perpetuity. Hello, <laughs> 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 <Hello. laughs> we know how easy sims are, don't we? Because we've done the typhoon. Yeah, yeah. So sims flight counts as a flight. So when you're saying you've got to do a landing every for currency, flights, yes, it yeah. does. Yes, okay, yeah, it does. So you, you could just keep it current in the sim. There is no requirement. Does that count to do it towards your hours? Uh, you 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 mark your simulator's hours in a different you column um, oh, to your okay. flying hours. Some people add them together if they're desperate for hours. <laughs> I tend not to because I've got I'm a bit embarrassed. But it's legit to count it, is it? Um, I think you, you should count it separately as, yeah. as simulator hours. Because, I mean, this is something we talked about many months ago, actually, wasn't mm. it? The amount of training now yeah. that is conducted on the simulator. When we talk about our, um, um, the typhoon flying, there are, there are going to be no, no twin-seater typhoons very shortly. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. So the first time those guys strap themselves into a typhoon, they're on their own. Yeah. And, and we talk about episode three. It's yeah. all about the typhoon. Yeah, so when we went to... We were there, Rob. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought Dan Busters was going Oh, no, Dan Busters is episode three. Uh, yeah. Just checking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Keep on episode four is yeah. all about uh, the typhoon. And Nick, who showed us around, said exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember, Nick? Yeah. 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 Very well, yeah. yeah. And we went to, we went to Lincoln. How <laughs> was it? Yeah, yeah. I do remember it. Jim, yeah. a couple of things in the, in the news recently. Um, a very unfortunate accident with the uh, Royal Navy Historic Flight Sea Fury. Yeah, Navy Wings Sea Fury. Navy Wings. Yeah, yeah. they were. Um, from what I understand, they were out doing, I think it was pilot training, some aerobatics, etc. They reported an engine problem to air traffic and were heading back to Yeovilton and they didn't make it. They they did what they call a precautionary force landing, which ended up in a <laughs> bit more of a, than a precautionary. It was upside down. It was bits, upside down. It? Now, looking at the damage... Pilot's in, okay. The pilot's okay. I think yeah. They were both in a yeah. hospital. Yeah. Uh, one was released very quickly, one, yeah. one overnight, but I think they were all fine. Uh, and it looks like the aircraft 
is repairable. It's not in a horrifically bad way. Really? It's gonna take... I saw the engine was yes. quite some distance from yeah. the, the upside-down fuselage. The, if you look at the, yeah. the, the, the main body, I mean, but I think <clears> the, the sad thing is, because it's a charity... Navy Wings, yeah. and they've just raised £350,000 to get that aircraft back into I'm a the supporter. air. Yeah. I, well, I started supporting when the Sea Vixen had it. Yeah. Um, but that, but that, that particular aircraft had a gear malfunction in um, Caldrose a couple of years the, ago. The Sea Fury. The Sea Fury, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's the same aircraft that's had, that had this. But yeah. this is the unfortunate thing with, with historic aircraft. They're not as reliable as new aircraft. Um, and... It's very easy, you know. We we always think of aviation now as so safe and everything's mm. going to be fine, but yet with older aircraft things happen. Yeah. Um. And they they weren't built to the tolerances for very good reason that yeah. the aircraft are built built to now. So these things go wrong, and it, you know somebody will take that on board, and and get it back in the air again. And the pilots are fine. So. Mm. It's very unfortunate. I mean, no one likes to see that sort of aircraft on its back on a field. No. I, I was preparing as well to <coughs> take part in the first display of the, mm. the year at yeah. Shuttleworth mm. yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, really sad. But thank God everyone's OK. And then there was a really interesting one, uh, which was caught on video in the States of, a, of an old World War II was US it? Avenger. Avenger, yes. Yeah, um, the one that ditching, landed in the sea. Ditching right by the beach. Yes. Now, I'm not entirely sure. <coughs> it seems like some sort of engine malfunction again. Yeah. Because <clears throat> that was a a plan. It seemed a, a planned um, oh, superbly done. landing. Very well done. But there is a bit of debate going online amongst the uh, the aviation community about wh whether what they did was the best idea or not. And they're in the sea, obviously, but quite close to the beach. Very. And if you look yeah. at where they landed, it was where There's everybody was. Yeah, the... I mean, <laughs> the people were ducking to get out of the way. Oh my Gosh. God! I someone sent me this. I yes. thought it was yeah. like a film. No, no. no this... I didn't realise. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> and welcome um, to the real world, right? Of yeah. aviation. Wow! <laughs> I believe yeah. the debate is: had they gone maybe another few hundred yards further out to sea, yeah. it would have been harder to recover the uh, aircraft. Yeah. Uh, they would may have been, you know, have had further to swim, yeah. but they wouldn't necessarily have put all those bathers. And it, it, because I think there were a lot of bathers were out for the air show. They were watching what was going on. Okay. So it was quite a busy it, beach. There were. It stops pretty quickly once it hit the water, mm. but there are bathers. The people a in couple the hundred meters yeah. directly in front of yeah. where it stopped. They must have been swimming for their lives. Yeah, that is mad. An interesting one. Yeah. But certainly worth looking at if you've not seen it. Yeah, uh, have a look on. Or if you've seen it and thought it was something from a film, <laughs> <laughs> and check it out. Yeah, it's quite yeah. something. It is quite something. Good. Well, fantastic stuff. It's it's great to be back with everyone. Here we are actually sitting around a table back in Roy's wonderful studio again, which is just wonderful <laughs> after all our Zoom yes. efforts um, over the over the previous months. Jez. Oh, yes. I think it's time for some quick facts. Uh, just a reminder to people listening, by the way, please do send in questions for James. I don't think we've got any backed up, have we? In the, in Not the, in really, the no. Now, I need okay? to look through. Get some questions in for Jim for future up. episodes. But let's get on then with our <coughs> subject for this uh, first podcast of season three proper, the wonderful Avro Lancaster. So let's find out the key essentials about this magnificent aircraft in double quick time. <laughs> There's hoping. Okay. With Jez's quick fact. This only goes to three pages, but I might cut it down. Anyway, here we go. So the four-engined Avro Lancaster heavy bomber was designed and built by A.V. Rowan Company for the RAF during the Second World War, entering service with the RAF uh, Bomber Command in 1942, and it soon became their main heavy bomber. The Lanx origins are in the Avro Manchester, an underpowered twin-engined aircraft with two Rolls-Royce Vulture engines. The Lancaster's designer was, of course, the legendary Roy Chadwick, whose first incarnation of the Lank was the prototype BT-308, which first flew on the 9th of January 1941, and it was, being, it was described as being right from the start. The majority of the aircraft built during the war years were manufactured by Avro at their factory at Chatterton, near Oldham in Lancashire, uh, and they were then assembled and test flown from, uh, obviously famously, at Woodford Aerodrome in Cheshire. Now, the Bombay of the Lancaster was so long that it meant it could take even the largest bombs used by the RAF. And, of course, its versatility was such that it was chosen to equip 617 Squadron um, to uh, drop the bouncing bomb uh, used during Operation Chastise, which was, of course, the Dambusters raid. Um, the Lancaster was primarily a night bomber. It excelled in many other roles, including daylight and precision bombing raids. 
and of course in its latter role uh, was adapted to carry the tall boy and ultimately the 22,000 pound Grand Slam earthquake bombs which we actually saw at Scampton. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. They are vast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were truly huge. Um, 7,377 uh, Lancasters were built in all marks and variations um, and there are 16 survivors of which two, uh, two are still flying. Um, very quick facts, obviously power plant, four Rolls-Royce engines, uh, span 102 feet, length 69 feet, four inches, maximum um, weight 68,000 uh, pounds, seven crew generally speaking. And um, one of those 16 survivors I mentioned is of course stationed at East Kirkby Airfield in Lincolnshire, uh, where you will find and where we found Just Jane NX611. Um, and uh, we will be talking about that in some detail later. So that's some basic quick facts on the Lank. Very good, Jess. Marvellous. Yeah, Very it quick. is like, nice and quick. <laughs> Bomber Harris actually said that the Lancaster won the war for us, which is quite a statement. Well, I think Bomber Harris said that he won the war for us. <laughs> yeah, pretty much <laughs> Bomber Harris. I think he <laughs> did believe himself to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, it was ph phenomenal. In the destruction that it caused yeah. and it was as Jez indicated very adaptable well, there, was, there was no doubting the, the, the effectiveness of the aircraft what was mm. more debatable was the effects of the campaign mm. you know with the area bombing uh, that Harris was so I think, I think it's very diff it's very important not to necessarily look at what the Lancaster did in relation to what, what we know now about war, but mm. to look about what it did well, back then content, like everything isn't um, it? and it's very easy to sort of say oh well I mean I think the average Accuracy of a World War Two bomb was something like one point two miles. Yeah, well, I think um, I think I think uh, something like eighty percent. And I'm plucking that figure slightly out of the air, but it's a massive majority of uh, bombs. I think it was more than that. I think didn't land within five miles of the target. Wow. Um, until they, so, the, but once they got the pathfinders, um, the mosquito mm -hmm. pathfinders, uh, accuracy improved hugely. Well, mm -hmm. Lancaster's also played that role, didn't they? Yes. Role. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how did that work, the Pathfinder? I always find it rather strange that you send a load of aircraft to go and drop a flare, mm. uh, and then the bombers. Why don't you just drop it can't, a bomb it and lets, drop a flare? It lets people know you're coming a little bit, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I've I, never really understood I've read it. it about it a lot, and I can't honestly say I'm that much more they, enlightened. They dropped drop coloured flares. Yeah. Mm. So, And then what happened was... Uh, in Germany, they would start fires. When the first raid started germans would start fires in different areas to try and direct the bombers to the new fire. to drop drop their bombs in a place where the, the factories weren't mm, mm. and so i think the pathfinders were there to drop the green or i think they were green mm. Mm. the ones mm. so. but how were they able to be accurate because they were faster and much faster yeah. and, and they, they weren't affected in. by wind as much they, they operated different altitudes uh, so right, they had okay. a much better now sort of set up if you oh, like interesting. and I think it was a Pathfinder raid that Guy Gibson was on when he was yeah, killed down, wasn't yeah. he in a mosquito mm. Mm. interesting I, I did meet a, a Lancaster bomb aimer a couple of years ago and I asked him about the bomb aiming process and he said well we, we had a little computer I said I mean it's a manual mm -hmm. computer I said well what do you need that for he said well to work out the trajectory of the bomb and I just hadn't really fully appreciated that when you drop a bomb from an aircraft, it doesn't just fall no. straight down. No. It doesn't also just fall in a, in a straight line no. towards the target. It's a curved no. line. How it falls depends on parabellum? the speed, depends no. on the, yeah. yeah, depends on wind and so many other yeah. things. So it was an awful lot to no. aiming a bomb. Well, I know in, if you read my favourite book, Vulcan 607, <laughs> in depth they talk about the forward throw <laughs> mm. of those 21 bombs down Port Stanley runway. Yeah. And that's why they flew it across ah. uh, rather than straight down because if they'd got it, obviously, slightly to the left or the right, they would have missed yeah. it entirely. But it, the forward throw was, I mean, they, they they released the bombs, I can't remember the exact, it's something like eight miles from the, you know, eight miles from mm. the target and the yeah. forward throw is what you know it gets gets you know with the with the momentum of the of the bomb so they're not guided i mean no guided, nowadays no. you think i think of everything as well, being you, guided <coughs> even now even now they're not all not all bombs are guided no um you still have dumb bombs if you like um but it all depends what you're trying to achieve and and particularly in in today's world it's very important that um that missiles hit the right target um because mm. even when it, you know even in this 
um, Cold War Two, the, I think the Chinese embassy got a little bit of a knock on the door, um, which shouldn't have, shouldn't have happened in Baghdad. So it's it's very important now. So that as much guidance as you can give, but even you can GPS guide them now with quite decent precision. You can TV guide them so they're actually following a there's laser a targeting. There's well, laser targeting. Kind of got, now, I guess. Yeah, you've either got someone on the ground to do <clears> laser targeting. You either need someone on the ground to target it, or you need a tiled pod on your own aircraft to laser target and then the, the bomb follows that laser beam or um or you need another aircraft to to highlight the target ah is, is this what the buccaneers were doing so buccaneers the was well, yeah they, they had um was it pave spike or whatever to mm. um to, to um to highlight the the targets and when you talk about fire and forget mm -hmm. just explain so, what that so a fire and forget means. means that you can fire it and then you can you can depart the, the, the scene and, the, and the, the missile will do itself so that's either um GPS guided, um, or there's some sort of inertial navigation system guiding it, or there can be TV. Um, well, certainly, ten, twenty years ago, you'd have a TV camera on the front of the um, uh, of the missile, and somebody would fly that missile to its target. Mm. What a waste of a camera! Do you remember all those amazing um, those amazing briefings we used to get in the first Gulf War? Yeah. Old Storming Norman. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember there was yes. one, he said, uh, this is the luckiest guy in Iraq. <laughs> on, the, on the bike. The, the guy, on the bike oh, yeah, on the, on the car. Or, or, he, 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 um, he was crossing a bridge, wasn't yeah. he? And one of these laser-guided missiles <laughs> came in and blew the bridge up. I mean, he stopped just in time. Well, he just got past <laughs> he just, it. I think he just got, he just got bridge, past yeah. it, he? And, and the bridge disintegrated behind him. Mm. Um, but, I mean, you know, those cruise missiles, I know that they weren't launched from, a, from an aircraft, flying down high streets with the journalists. Yeah. It was just incredible. <laughs> yeah. but, but obviously nowadays you've got um, drones, um, mm. which, are, which, are, which can deploy munitions. So they're sitting there in, the, um, in an orbit 30,000 feet above the target area, Syria or Afghanistan recently. And that is then fired and guided on. And there are two people sitting side by side each other in a... Porter cabin in Wellington or in Las Vegas. It's amazing. Um, flying that missile onto its target. I think when what I got from when we went to uh, the Lincolnshire Aviation Museum, we went into the Lancaster, and you just see the complete opposite of that. Mm, you've got exactly. a plane there where you've got you require seven crew mm -hmm. to do this bombing yeah. raid, and it's you know you see the, the it's half of the. The way you fly the plane is still manual. It's still, mm. you know, very bicycle chains and yeah. ropes. Yeah. Mm. It's uh, it's astonishing. Yeah, what and a, and a cast iron lump of bomb. Yeah, mm. which what the Lancaster did. Hope for the best. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, another ago. thing that yeah. uh, was amazing as well, which um, was from so Chadwick designed the um, Lancaster mm -hmm. and the Vulcan. Yes. <laughs> 15 years later. 15 years apart. That's extraordinary. Now, I know the Vulcan in today's parlance isn't particularly modern, but the difference between those two aircraft and 15 years is just unbelievable. One is space age, effectively, yeah. and yeah. the other is... And, and look which one's still flying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the easier one to maintain. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think Andrew Panton, refer, we'd refer to yeah. that actually in an interview we did with, Andrew, with mm. Andrew's excellent um, guest that he mm. was. But yeah, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. But the thing, I, I mean, for all the death and destruction it caused, it will forever be part of our mm. history and culture. And, you know, we love it for... All the right reasons, I hope, as mm. well as you know, being acknowledging well, the, the the you know the things that it did that you know maybe weren't so. I mean, Bomber good. Command was by Churchill and others slightly shunned. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And there was a particularly uh, just after the war. I think they mm. were. They yeah. Were, um, it took a long time. Mm. Well, I, I think uh, the, the Bomber Command yeah. Memorial was That's pretty recent, recent yeah. And and the International yeah. Bomber Command um, Centre at, yeah. at Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder if if the Lancaster would have had the the um, sort of place it does in our hearts without the Dambusters raid mm. and the Dambusters film. Yeah. Um, because they have obviously done an awful lot of, mm. if you like, good PR for the for the Lank. Well, I think um, you're right, because we all know Mosquito and Hurricane, mm. a lot of us from the films, and we all know the... Mos uh, we, sorry, uh, the Spitfire and Hurricane from the films, and mm. we also know Mosquito from 63 Squadron, mm. and we know Lancaster from Dambusters, but we don't talk about... Um, Halifaxes or no. um, Wellingtons uh, or, or Bowfighters yeah. or, or um, you know the yeah. dozens and dozens and dozens of other types yeah, absolutely because right. they weren't yeah. in the part yeah. of the popular culture culture yeah, yeah of, of, mm. of aircraft although they played just as you know, mm. important roles
But it uh, is a beautiful thing to look at as it's well. Beautiful. And it's it's a sound, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, like all those all those you know, there's four ones we're talking like mosquito, yeah. Yeah. Spitfire Hurricane, yeah. uh, Lank. They look they are things of you, beauty. You see, I, I don't I, yeah. I don't think the Lancaster is It's not naturally beautiful, beautiful, is it? Yeah. Yes, it is beautiful. Yeah. But it's beautiful because it's so functional. Yeah. And everything on that is a functional, and it's, it's built like a cathedral almost. Yeah, and you yeah, can't yeah. look Lincoln at it. You can't look yeah. at it without thinking of everything that goes with yeah. it. You know? Yes, mm. it, you, you just can't. No, I know? think that's very much the it, point. It, it, it evokes so many things. The minute mm. you see it or hear it or talk about it, mm. um, and we've all got in, you know in front of us, we've got pictures of <laughs> on the screen or in a yeah. book or whatever yeah. of a Lancaster as we're, as we're doing this, and you can't look at it without. No. It, it bringing in, uh, not I can't but say it, not memories for us but, but me, evoking stuff that yeah. you just me, can't it's intangible which I, I always feel whenever I'm near it or see it is you think the average age of the crew member was 22 mm. and you had you the, it was a 45% mm. chance of you coming back yeah, yeah. you know yeah. it was you had a higher but was, you were more likely to die in a Lancaster than you were as an officer in yeah. the trenches yeah. in the Somme. Yeah. I, 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 I actually wrote down and then failed to mention, because uh, uh, I actually brought the figures with me, the, the, the bomber command, not just in Lancaster, obviously, the bomber command fatalities, mm. I know we're all sort of yeah. familiar with, but I mean, they are horrific. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and um, oh, beautifully think... beautifully illustrated, actually, at uh, East Kirk, yeah. Yeah. In, that, in, that, uh, in that sort of memorial to them. Well, yeah, in, in the interview, Andrew Pannon talked about how... It, you know, that, that has a specific uh, memorial to his uh, ancestors, mm-hmm. but it's a memorial to everybody mm. from Bomber Command mm. who stepped on an aircraft in the UK mm. and didn't get off it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that is absolutely... Yeah. Just going back to what the, the Lancaster evokes, and, you know, the, the first thing you probably you know, think about when you, when, you, when you think about the Lancaster, if you're actually sort of in its physical presence, even if you're on the ground, is the sound, because you hear it coming, and then you see it. Mm. And you hear it going away, and that's the three things you get. We now have been incredibly lucky, and Roy and I now twice, <laughs> and, and you as well, Jim, actually, yeah. obviously, um, to have also felt it and yeah. smelt it. Yeah. And and that is another mm. sort of sensory overload. It, it's 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 an utter privilege, wasn't it? Mm. But but that's just another way of sort of imbuing yourself into this amazing aircraft. Not just the sight of it, not just the sound of it, but now the smell of it and the feel mm. of it. It's incredible. But it's terribly easy to, as we have been really, to sort of over-romanticise it. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you think of, actually, we talk about the Lancaster and what it stood for. It stood for immense destruction. Mm-hmm. It caused immense mm-hmm. destruction mm-hmm. during the war. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, that's what it was designed for. I think our generation are probably really guilty of doing exactly that and being mm-hmm. overly um, sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You'll have to cut this. Sentimental. Thank you. Our generation have been, I think, are guilty of being overly sentimental about it, and I, I definitely am. I know. I, I, think I would, would worry be very... because I think there's a new generation coming up who, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are going to definitely have a problem. I, I, I don't yeah. think it'll be. Uh... Yeah, you may, you may be right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should stick to it. Yeah. Not worry. Oh, well, listen, listen. We've talked a lot about um, Andrew Panton, who's behind this amazing operation up at. East Kirkby with the, with just Jane the Lancaster there. So let's hear from him, the man behind everything that's going on at Lincolnshire Aviation Heritage Centre. It's not just the Lancaster there, uh, just Jane and their mammoth task of returning it to flight. Um, you'll be able to hear his full interview with some of the things that we've been talking about just now in our full Flaps edition, which will drop a week after this podcast first drop. So depending on when you're listening to this, it may already be there, ready and waiting for you to press play. But a couple of years ago, I think Roy and Jez may may have mentioned this just now, they went on a VIP trip to East Kirkby, which is something anyone can sign up for, by the way. And in this excerpt, Roy gets Andrew to explain just what experiences are on offer at East Kirkby. Andrew, tell us what... uh, We're here because for Greg's 40th birthday, the bass player of our band, we came here for a whole day, for a VIP day experience. So tell people what, what you offer. Because when Jez even walked in, he said, this is one of the best days of my life. <laughs> and it, same here, same, same for me. It's one of the best, you know, it's an incredible experience. So tell yeah. people what they... Well, our view, when the, original, the museum was originally set up, or when the Lancaster originally came here, the plan was just to have it in the hangar so we can go and have a look at it when we want. And it was really said, well, you, you can't do that. You can't 
deprive the nation of, of such a, a prized asset. So that's how the museum was set up, really, letting people come in and have a look and, and building a collection from there. Um, our view really is that Bomber Command was made up from people of all different walks of life, all different nationalities, all from the Commonwealth, different colours, creeds, religions, everything. Um, and so what we want is the aircraft to be available to everybody still. Yeah. Um, it doesn't want to just be locked away. It doesn't want to be uh, only the elite or the wealthy can actually be involved with the aircraft. Yeah. So anybody who walks off the street can just either pay the admission fee just to come and look at it. They can yeah. have a tour on board for a little bit more, or they can pay a little bit more, and they can have a taxi ride on board the aircraft. Yeah. There's an awful lot of people that have been affected by Lancasters and Bomber Command um, and want to, to get back involved somehow. They might have had a, a family member who was a crew member, and they want to kind of experience a little bit about what their, their crew member, family member went through. So we enable people to have a taxi ride on board the aircraft. Yep. So um, they can go on board, they can take one of the crew positions, start the engines up, uh, taxi around the airfield, we do um, a quicker run where we take all four engines up to 2,000 RPM, mm. release the brakes, and we get up to probably about 30 miles an hour or something to that region. The tail wheel um, come off the ground? We don't do tail <laughs> up. We, we can do. Um, you can officially do the tail up without it flying. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we, we could do that, but yeah. um, our strip is is slightly shorter than you'd really desire for, yeah. for that sort of yeah. uh, the speed. But uh, yeah, but they, they, they can get on board. They obviously get the smells, the atmosphere, the feeling, yeah. the, the noise of the engine. Smell engines. is a huge part of it, isn't I it? Did, yeah. I did the uh, <laughs> flight engineer seat, and actually, we were with a group of some families when we came who did have some relatives, and they they got first pick quite rightly of where because they wanted to you know maybe go where. There and relatively. Yeah. I think you took. Uh, that was the bomb. Bomb aimer. Yeah. I, I took <laughs> engineer, which is actually what I would have chosen because yeah. I thought I wanted the best of the pilot. It was unbelievable, <laughs> and I still quite regularly watch the videos I took. Uh, it was incredible. What sense did you get? What was Power. the over? Yeah. Uh, a, 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 a quite emotional again. Funny the theme here with me. <laughs> yes. Um, pride. Uh, I don't know sadness in a way maybe when yeah. you think about I think whole, looking at some of yeah. the uh, some of the buildings where you've got some of the numbers mm -hmm. uh, you know it's not directly with the Lank itself but, but Bomber but, Command but, but Bomber Command the losses you yeah. know and uh, which we won't know that look at um, I, over, it was overwhelming actually in, in many I don't think I could put one emotion to it but it was no. incredible and the sound the noise of the oh, four millions um, immense yeah. I remember when I um went in the one at the BBMF a long time ago uh, and you climb into this aircraft and what crossed my mind is that that was something the last thing some people did mm. is they climbed yeah. into this aircraft stuck themselves down a turret yeah. and that was it they were never seen again yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the poignancy of, of that was mm. it is just we, to be able to come and see that. We have a sign at our gate. Um, obviously, RAF East Kirkby flew two squadrons during wartime, so it's 57 and 630 squadron here. Mm. They lost 848 men um, flying Lancasters. Wow. So we have a little sign at the gate that says, when you cross the threshold of this property, you're walking in the footsteps of some of the bravest men and women this mm. country has mm. ever seen and will ever see. Yeah. I think that it's the last piece of Britain that a lot of people touched. It's yeah. So there's Andrew Panton, and, and you really must listen to his full interview in uh, our full Flaps edition, which will be available soon. It may be there right now. But um, Roy and Jez, I know you went on this fantastic trip a couple of years ago where you... I mean, we've all been in the mm. Just Jane now when it's taxied, but not necessarily under power. It was moved. <laughs> <laughs> by a tractor. But these two have been in it under power. Yeah. Were you more excited when it got moved by the tractor? Or <laughs> no, no. I was, I was I... concerned because you were in control. <laughs> yes, yeah, you were. James Brakeman. James on the brake yeah. pilot seat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and well, we have all that also in the full flaps yeah, we we've got that full interview with Andrew. A week later, we've got the full tour of the Lank with Andrew and yeah. us being like excited schoolboys inside the Lancaster. Twice, oh, yeah. It was no less yeah. exciting, even though we didn't taxi it on our... On our uh, you know. I, it was... To have Andrew there yeah. to explain yeah. it. And we really had it to ourselves, yeah. too, yeah, for, was, for an hour or so, didn't we? It was yeah, we were very amazing. lucky, weren't we, was, just? But, but I would urge anybody, any aviation absolutely. enthusiast, if you've not been to the Lincolnshire Aviation Museum, it's a great place. Go on the taxi run, the VIP taxi run. They treat you amazingly. You get lunch, you get the tour of the aircraft, and then you get the taxi ride. And yeah. I, I know it's just explained for that in 
but it is. But it was it was honestly one of the best days. But there's life. so much yeah. else to see there as well. Yeah. There's what's going on in the hangar with the restoration yeah. of the the mosquito. The control tower, sort of yeah. in its original state there. I mean, that was a fully operational RAF bomber airfield in the Second World War. And there's so much of that there to see. It, it, it's an, yeah. Even if you don't get to go on the Lancaster for the taxi run, I'd still they're, go. They're currently running, they're oh currently running uh, taxi runs and you can just turn up. I think it's £5 to get in and kids are free. Like in the first half of the summer, that's what, happening. What to get right on now. board? No, not to get on board. To but watch, just to watch the tap. Yeah. to watch it. And that in but itself is thrilling. Totally, and you get the full run of the museum as well. And you can is... spend, you can easily spend a day there. Totally. And if yeah. you feel that you can't spend a whole day there, there's so many, so many other places to go and see in Lincolnshire. <laughs> I'm a big true. Lynx fan. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think uh, there is. A, there's going to be a Lincolnshire Mark Two visit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. definitely. We had the best time there. That but, weekend was so fun. Roy, you you mentioned to uh, Andrew the Rivet Club, which you're a member of. What's what's that? So I remember the Rivet Club. It's uh, a couple of quid a month, and it is it, it essentially gets you behind the scenes. Uh, you get a hangar camp, so you can look at the hangar whenever you like. You get a Ooh. weekly report of what's happening with the maintenance. And the most exciting thing, which I didn't realise when we first went, was that they're they're going to make just Jane Flyer. There's a ten year plan, and they're three years into it. Yeah. And if you're in the Rivet Club, you're helping make that happen, mm. and hopefully going to be one of the first to get because they, they're thinking about doing flights. They're mm. thinking of taking, as the Canadian yeah. one does at the Canadian Warplane. That's that's yeah. his dream, and it's it was it really. Inspiring. I think it's more than a dream. I think that will happen. I totally, totally. Yeah. But I would say it's like Andrew I mean the CAA are on board and everything, aren't they? He tells the story about how he was right. He used to ride round as yes. a kid. Uh, on his bike. And what's what's to... great about that that whole Panton story is it's crossed generations. You know, mm. it's it's it started with a family tragedy, um, and and has gone through grandfathers, yeah, it was the grandfather fathers, who and was now the son in a Halifax, Andrew. wasn't he? Who yeah. got mm. shot down, yeah. and yeah, th this is all in his memory. Yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. the whole thing yeah. was set up. It's for, absolutely, it? yeah, it's amazing. It's a, it's a brilliant story. Andrew's a brilliant talker. Actually. Yeah, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he was a fascinating interview. And yeah, we're we're not sponsored by anyone, but if you get the chance to go there. This is yeah. a plug for that place. Yeah. Oh, and the Rivet <laughs> yes. Club as well. To see, you know, to see. I I know I send you all the mails every time it comes through, but it is quite nice to to go in and have a look at the hangar. And mm. and when we were just looking at that Sea Fury, which was upside down with the engine mm. the other side of the field. Yeah. Frequently, you go on the hangar cam and like the Lancaster's in eight different bits. Yes, and you're like, how is this going to get put back together? You know, yeah. you know, there's an engine over there, and yeah. where's the tail? And like, yes. it's just at least take... that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I, but, I, but it's a, it's incredible how it all yeah. comes apart like yeah. a bit yeah. of a car now. Yeah. It it yeah. yeah, it's slightly concerning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, the other confession I was is when we went to the into the hangar. There's the mosquito. And we were chatting to the guy who owns it, Tony Agar, and. Um, so, so, can we can we have a look? And he went, yeah, you can. Oh, that was it. I was gone. I was sitting in that pilot seat yeah, before he'd like finished saying yes. A fat rat of a small yes. drain pipe. <laughs> a fat rat. Yeah. Again, second second time he's in the seat. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Within about three hours. Yeah. Knee, I knee, tried, knee, knee, but knee. my knees are so bad I couldn't get to the top of the ladder. I, I was determined to my back injury. I was determined to get in. So. stuck in the bombo. We saw you. <laughs> they do, yeah. and also they do a mosquito experience as well, which is more expensive for the taxi run. But again, chance for a lifetime. Yeah. It's, it's such a oh my god! It's if you are an aviation fan, obviously must be if you've listened to this far, <laughs> yes, and you've never been. Like, go for a weekend to Lincoln because yeah. there is so much. to go for a yeah. week. You could yeah, easily you need do a week. week. You need a week, and you could have. You know, we had such a great time. When Roy asked me the first time about when we went with uh, with the the band, you know, as a proper hanger on there, I, I have to. I'm embarrassed to confess I didn't know about. Uh, the Lincolnshire Aviation Museum. Although I had read about Just Jane years ago in a Farmers Weekly because they did, yeah, they did an interview with Panton. Sounds like a tracker. Yeah, and I'd remembered about this. And I, 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 uh, anyway, but that's irrelevant. But um, it was just brilliant, and it was super. I, you know, looking back, I was so excited when you asked me. Yeah. I, 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 I can remember exactly where I was when we, you asked me. We had no idea about it either. It was yeah. just because we do a lot of shows in Lincoln. We have a really big fan base there. And there was always a sign that said Lincolnshire Aviation Museum. And eventually well, I Well, let's be correct. It's the Lincolnshire Aviation Heritage Centre. So, well... It basically had the <laughs> propeller sign on a brown side. Yeah. Yeah. And we, yeah. we went past it every time. I was like, I've got to go there. And yeah. for years, like literally years, it was like, have, have we got a chance to go? No, we've got a, bit, we've got a gig in Bath the next day. You know, mm -hmm. we never got a chance. And 
And suddenly, and then I tried to book the taxi run. Uh, I tried to book it probably four years before we actually did it, and they sell out so quickly. Mm. And it took because it, we did it for Greg, our bass player's fortieth birthday, who it's hates quite, airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, this is not easy with Greg. He's not really into planes that much. Oh, but uh, yeah, and we put it all through the band account. It was a, <laughs> it was a team building exercise. Uh, I hope Sonia listening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had. Yeah, it, it's I, I you know. Uh, like it, it gets a bit boring how much we mm. <laughs> I've gone on about this but I, <laughs> do you know what I really want to see happening mate because I, I, I've had this image in my mind since we first went there um, with the band is um, night time the Lancaster on the on the apron backlit yeah. and you doing a gig oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah do you know I think we could probably make that happen that would be, yeah. amazing. That could be, amazing, that would be yeah. an amazing gig oh, could I be oh, come on. Ceremonies, please? <laughs> we, we could uh, maybe the taxi the taxi ride comes in, we get off the lank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no, the van gets through the, the Bombay. This, yes. is through the bo- this is becoming Another an down. Ultravox video, if you're not careful, isn't it? <laughs> right, so you know what time it is now, don't you? Go yes, you do. Time? Not quite. It's time for the Top Landing Gear Quiz. Hey. I thought we were bidding that for this series. No, <laughs> it's been very much requested by at least one you. person on Twitter, me. Um... <laughs> Okay, so it's going to be all about the Lancaster. First things first, we need to hear buzzers. Yep. Have you remembered to bring yes. your buzzers with you? Yes. Good. Okay, James, what have you got? I have got this, which I recorded at East Kirkby. You look so pleased with yourself. <laughs> oh, that is glorious. The sound of engine number three of a... Engine number three does the hydraulics. We uh, know that. Starting up, yeah. There you go. Well done. Well, all right, Jez, what have you got? Well done. Well done, Jez. Imaginative. Do you even remember that? Music. Right. I do. Goalkeeper. The goalkeeper. It's the Colin Bell label advert. Damn bastards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, so this is this is a conversation we were having about the Lancaster. Uh, and Jez asked him the question, how much longer can these things fly? And he said, in perpetuity. What's the word? In perpetuity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's my answer uh, there. We'll get to that next episode. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that's come to light. There was wine involved, wasn't there? There was quite a lot of wine involved. That was That's from our interview with uh, Emma Brewery, who runs the... Petwood Hotel. So is that really your buzzer? Right. That's that, your well, buzzer no, my buzzer. My buzzer was the start-up of the Lancaster, but oh, James right. has stolen that. Sorry. But yes, my buzzer is you. It's going to be very difficult. <laughs> I'm honoured. It's going to be really difficult to hear who's who. But OK, here we go. Good luck, everybody. Question number one. As Jez told us in his quick facts, most Lancasters were powered by Rolls-Royce Merlin engines. But due to concerns during the war that there may be a shortage of Merlins, what other engine were some Lancasters powered by? Yes, Jez. Was it the Griffin? No, it was not the Griffin. That came along a little bit later. Um, nice try. And, and there is the Rolls-Royce Merlin on a Lancaster, James. I believe there was something from the Ford factory in America. It was a Ford engine. Oh, you're thinking of the Packard, are you? Am I? Yes. The Packard, Packard Merlin? Yes. Nice one. Wrong. Oh. Uh, Roy? No, I don't know. No, <coughs> well, it actually, it's quite something very, very different from a Merlin. It's a Bristol Hercules radial oh. engine. Yeah. Uh, the sort of thing that were used on the Bowfighter, the Hastings, and indeed, James, the Bristol Freighter. Mm. Obviously, obviously, which, yes. which your dad used My to fly. Yeah, so it's the Bristol Hercules. So, well done. Great start. Thanks for <laughs> yeah, No points. <laughs> Question number two. What was H.A. Sam Smith's generally unheralded claim to fame in the Lancaster story? H.A. H.A. Sam Smith. Nickname in the Lancaster Sam. story. Mm-hmm. Jez asked him the question, how much longer can these things fly? And he said, in perpetuity. <laughs> <laughs> What's the word? Yes, yes, right. Was he the test pilot? He was the no. test pilot! Oh. Well done. First test pilot ever flew uh, BT-308, which you mentioned, from Ringway, Manchester, 9th of January, 1941. Roy takes the lead. Oh, wow. Well done, Roy. Yeah. Roy can answer all the questions as far as I can say with that buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Question number three. What was unusual about the prototype that differed from the production model? Uh, yes, Jess. Like the Manchester, it had a tri-finned tail plane. It did indeed. Mm. Well done. Still had the three-fin tail. Eventually went, of course, just to the two. Question number four. The Lancaster was retired from RAF service on the 15th of October 1956. Which role was it employed in at the time? And where did it make its final operational flight from? James Cartner. It was maritime. It um, was indeed maritime. Now, I'm going to say possibly Northern Ireland, Strangford or something. Um, no, oh, Bally, Bally Kelly. Kelly. Bally Cassangel. Bally Kelly. <laughs> Bally Kelly. Bit closer to home? Newquay. Um, RF St Morgan. St Morgan. Correct. Yeah. James, well done. Absolutely right. I, I thought you might have gone Malaya. <laughs> no, you didn't get me there. Well done. It was indeed Maritime Reconnaissance, School of Maritime Reconnaissance, in fact, at RAF St. Morgan. Now, NX611, just Jane, is being restored to flight, as we know, by the Lincolnshire Aviation Heritage Centre at East Kirkby. But who was Jane? Oh. <laughs> yes, Jim. No, I can't remember her surname. Is oh, that well, that doesn't really work, does it? <laughs> James, uh, she was an actress that I believe you interviewed. Mm, mm. Uh, and you interviewed her during the 50th anniversary of the D-Day. Oh, James, he doesn't get a point for this. He just he just, just listened to that. It was on the end of it. Yeah. Called Jane, somebody, and mm. she was a very famous actress of the time. Yeah, and she appeared in different coloured dresses, normally a bikini. Yeah, um, and not in the dress that she appeared in on the side of Just Jane normally. <laughs> But I can't remember her name. Well done. You're, you're absolutely right. It, it is in Andrew Panton's interview. He tells a lovely story about her actually coming to visit the site. Um, Jane actually was a cartoon strip in the Daily Mirror mm. during the Second World War, modelled by Christabel Leighton Porter, who, her. as you correctly yeah. say, was a lovely lady. I interviewed her. Sure really a point, point for that. I'm giving a point. Yeah. Mm. Well, you all, you've all heard the interview. Yeah. You were yeah, all, we, we all knew interview. all those things. You, you well, asked the question. First, you didn't the first, it's called a quiz. <laughs> but he didn't answer the question. Come on, well, <laughs> who was okay. just Jane? Uh, Somebody Rob interviewed. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, like, uh, I'll bear in mind that I've given <laughs> him a little oh, bit okay. of, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Jealousy. Uh, Jealousy is a sad. Uh, next question. The. Um, the Lancaster's lineage can be traced from the development of the Manchester in 1939 right the way through to 1991, a period of 52 years when which aircraft was finally withdrawn from RAF service? Uh, James Cartner. The Shackleton. Shackleton. Correct. Well done, Jim. Any, do you know which mark of Shackleton? Actually, Nine. the final one? <laughs> I might have to take a point away. No, it's a German. I don't know. Nine. I don't know. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> it was the AEW2. It was the thing that, because it was meant to be a Nimrod, wasn't it, it was, by yes, then? But never yes. happened. But the Shackleton ploughed on. Absolutely amazing. Uh, retired from RAF Flossymouth. It was with Eight Squadron, wasn't it? They flew with Eight Squadron, well, which is, yeah. wasn't it actually a fighter squadron? Eight Squadron. Probably most something? of the early numbers were. No, there you are, I see. So James has taken a bit of a lead here, boys. A, a, a bit of catching up needed to be done. <clears throat> the Lancaster was developed after the war as a civilian airliner called the Lancastrian. Oh. Yes, James. Lancastrian. <laughs> <laughs> Point away for being cheeky. James is back on two. Really you, cannot, you now cannot okay. answer the question. In March 1946, an Avro Lancastrian made history by doing what? And Chez asked him the question, how much longer can these things fly? And he said, in perpetuity. In perpetuity. In perpetuity. In perpetuity. In perpetuity. I've got another 53 seconds. In the Americans don't bother. Why should you, Ron? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was Emma Breeley. You could hear that. I guess in a future episode. Uh, Roy, any idea of the answer? I think it flew out of Heathrow. Oh, that's something brilliant. Like that. uh, you're yeah. spot on. It was the first commercial flight out of London Airport, now known yeah. as Heathrow. Absolutely brilliant. Do you know where it was going? It was going to America. It was Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. Yeah. Took 35 hours. Yeah. Well, South America. That's a long uh, flight, I, I, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm very stop It couldn't, wouldn't be non-stop, would it? No. Okay, so Roy on two... lose a point there for... Roy on two, James on two, Jez on one. 
we could try this as a potential deciding question. James, you're back in now. Thank you. After being disqualified from that previous question. What mascot was carried on RAF bombers? Just Jane had a replica one, if you were observant. <laughs> yes, Roy. Just let the buzzer. A pigeon. A pigeon is correct. Do you know why? Uh, in case they crashed. So yes. It was a carrier pigeon. It was a so carrier it was pigeon. A, a message. Yeah. Absolutely message yeah. right. Was that Roy. a mascot? No, I didn't think so. Either. I think mascot yeah, that, is that, that was, a, that that was a, a misleading question. Oh, you should lose a point yourself for that. No, but That's I think sometimes they were mascots. Sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Definitely no the ones relating to my question. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. Mate. Well, look, honestly, I don't care who wins as long as it's not James. Okay. All right. Well, quite honestly, Roy, in that case, is leading. I can ask one more question. Let's have it. Okay. Okay. As long as he can't be caught by James. All right. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. I've lost my buzzer. Uh, oh, I've deleted my buzzer. Doesn't matter. Well, that, 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 that could be a point away. Uh, that's a shame. I'll go, For incompetence, I'll which puts you on go, zero. Um, I'll find an earlier buzzer. Okay. All right. Ready. Deleted buzzer. I've deleted it. So we've talked about the Lancastrian. There was another development of the Lancaster, which was designed purely as a transport version. Of the few that were built during the war, it was far more widespread development afterwards. The type was used on top-secret missions ferrying high-ranking dig dignitaries, including Churchill and numerous Allied commanders from North Algiers in one particular mission in May 1943. It also flew King George VI on his tour of the British forces in North Africa and the Mediterranean. Do you know what this aircraft was? It was a development of the Lancaster. It looked very like a Lancaster. It had a shoulder wing. It actually had the three tails. That went back to the yeah. triple tail. <laughs> yes, Lincoln. right. Not a Lincoln. Mm. I, I, I like I like where no. you're going with that, but not the Lincoln. Lincoln did look very It, it was a development of the Lancaster, for sure. Is uh, it named after a city? It was named after a city. Guildford. <laughs> the Guildford. The, the Avro Guildford. Guildford. <laughs> there needs to be an Avro Guildford. Yes, James. The. Yes. Mm. Avro. The Avro. <laughs> Winchester. Afraid not, Jim. Oh. Jez, name a city in England. <laughs> Proceeded by Cardiff. <laughs> Says the rugby. <laughs> uh, in England, okay. Uh, the... Oh, you get another go, do you? Well, that was that was in Wales. If it, uh, it was, was that humour? It was a joke. Oh, it was a joke. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for using that. Uh, the Avro... historic, very historic city. Yep. I can't think of any Birmingham. <laughs> it was the Avro York. York. Oh, the York. Yeah, yes. it's a rather the wonderful aircraft. I think I think okay. they were used widely yeah. in the Berlin Air, weren't they? <coughs> they were. Oh. Churchill, by uh, quite interesting researching this, Churchill made at least 25 trips outside Britain during the war. Did he? Yeah, some ranging over several continents and lasting for weeks. That was quite brave, I would imagine. Mm. Incredibly brave, more than any other leader. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our Lancaster quiz. Let's look at the final scores on the Bombay doors. Let's do that. In third <laughs> place with one. Jez, Still who one. did all the research on the Lancaster. <laughs> In second place with two is Jimbo. But three. our winner, the first quiz of season three, it's Roy Stride with three. Well done, Roy. I got a point deducted just for trying to ask, answer early. Well, you got a point for a very badly answered question. I was quite generous, and then something went wrong. <laughs> um, we just can't let you win all the time. No, that's the thing, enough. Jim. You do that's understand. You could see Roy win one for... Especially with that buzzer, that was a cracking buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> buzzer Can we hear deserved. it again, do you think? Just to make sure that's still oh, I think <laughs> we could it, possibly, I don't know, like... Uh, oh, yeah. These things fly, and he said, the word? wine. Yay! <laughs> when you start laughing again. <laughs> there we go. Uh, 
<laughs> good buzzer. Oh, good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, look, chats, well done. It's so lovely to be back with you all doing a, a podcast. And there we are. We got to the end of... Um, our first podcast of season three, Excellent. all about the Lancaster. And coming up on future pods, more from our trip to Lincolnshire, including a Dambusters special recorded at their base at RAF Scampton, our visit to the Battle of Britain Memorial flight and the typhoons at RAF Coningsby. And our next podcast will feature Emma Breeley, who you've heard a little bit of. Uh, she's from the Petwood Hotel, which became the officer's mess for 617 Squadron during World War II and which is full of memorabilia and remains a focal point for RAF reunions to this day. Emma spoke to us over a wonderful dinner at the Petwood, and, and because of that, it does rather fall apart as the rest of us all became a bit emotional. So, so bear with us. Uh, and poor old Roy, I think, is still trying to edit it as we speak. <laughs> In the meantime, you can, of course, still listen to all our podcasts from Series 1 and 2. You'll find us wherever you normally get your podcasts. And please do get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, at Top Landing Gear. And do email us your questions for us, James, at info at toplandinggear.com. That's info at toplandinggear.com. Two Gs. And however you're listening to us, please recommend us to your friends and family and do leave a review, but only if you've enjoyed it. In the meantime... Thanks for listening, <clears throat> and bye for now. This is Top Landing Gear.